good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's good morning, everybody. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about today, not a lot of time to do it. I am already an hour and 20 minutes past when I should have started, but that's a story that I'm never going to tell on this podcast. So, let's first talk about the potential that there are, uh... God, an unearthly number of vulnerabilities within AMD Ryzen. Yeah, you thought... You thought Meltdown and Spectre were bad. Apparently AMD's Ryzen... has 13 security flaws within the chips. Which, depending on which version of the processor you're using, can include vulnerabilities called Fallout, Master Key, Ryzenfall, and Chimera. And it also depends on which version you're using, whether it be the Epic servers or the Ryzen workstation chips. This is about the last thing AMD ever needed in their life. They needed to find out that their new life-saving processor, the processor that's going to revitalize the AMD CPU department and give new hope to their company and they have unique vulnerabilities. Now, granted, it is very difficult to take advantage of these sort of vulnerabilities. I mean, heck, Spectre and Meltdown have both existed for a while, Spectre being the one that's more widespread and Meltdown being the vulnerability that's Intel exclusive. But now you have Master Key, Fallout. Master Key being, you know a vulnerability that's open across the entire Ryzen line, and then there's Ryzen Flaw that's only on Ryzen chips, Fallout, which is only on Epic chips, Chimera, which is on the AMD chipset. I mean, my God. That's that's not good news. Especially when you look at the professional line of it. I mean, okay. Someone could go in... Crack into one machine after hours of work owned by some schmuck and find out they have $52 in their bank account. Whoop-dee-doo. That's not a big deal. What is a big deal is using these sort of exploits, spending hours upon hours to get into major workstations or server infrastructure within within big companies or worse yet, government computers and steal information that is worth millions of dollars to the right buyer. That's a big deal. Which is kind of a shame because the Ryzen and Epic CPUs from their baseline 
is more geared towards professional users. That's just the simple truth. Their processors, while not better than Intel at gaming, are far superior to Intel for professional applications and better at server applications than Intel. You know, unless you get some of the really expensive, super high-powered Intel CPUs that AMD can't compete with yet, then Intel's better. And are these same computer companies that now looks like a much more attractive option? I mean, $10,000 Intel CPU or $3,000 AMD CPU that performs slightly less? The $3,000 one looks, looks better. Until you find out that it's vulnerable to Fallout and Master Key. And then it's just like, hey, you know what? Um, $7,000 so our primary secrets don't leak out. That suddenly seems better. So, yeah. That's not good news. Hopefully... AMD has a plan down the road. I could go through all the all the various press releases and whatnot, but here's the bottom line. AMD's looking into it. Security is their top priority. Insert every other corporate trope you can think of, every single corporate reason that they'd say for anything. And you pretty much have the entire press release in a nutshell. No real news there. And in fact, as normal everyday consumers, the likelihood of these sort of security vulnerabilities being exploited in our computers is near zero. For the reasons I just explained. It just boils down to the fact that company data infinitely more valuable than however much is in your bank account. It's just that simple. So yeah, more trouble for AMD. It's kind of sad. I was really hoping to see AMD continue to soar upwards. Alright, so remember long, long ago when the PS3 was brand new and Sony made a big selling point about the Sony PS3, the fact that you could install other operating systems on it, including various flavors of Linux and how that feature was taken away and a lot of super nerds were really, really pissed off about it. Well, those lawsuits finally finished. And, in fact, the payout is actually not small. I mean, it is fairly small by lawsuit standards, but I mean, with the top end being 65 bucks, you know, that's that's like, hey, look at that. That's like, that's not a laughable amount of money unless I was super rich. I mean, hey, 65 bucks, that's like half a grocery bill right there. So yeah, check your mail. You may, in fact, 
be getting 65 bucks coming to you as part of the other OS collection the other OS class action lawsuit unjust ass how do you claim your money normally with these sort of no these sort of oh actually no never mind um you need to fill out a claim form and you can find that Let's see where this link actually takes me. If it takes me anywhere. The website is www.other other o I'm sorry, excuse me. www.otherossettlement.com all one word slash poc.php that is where you can find it otherossettlement.com slash poc.php alright I'm not going to present any further because I've never had a Playstation 3 alright let's move on let's move on to the fact that the RGB disease is now spreading even further Logitech has released speakers with what they call light sync, which is lights mounted in the back of the speakers to light up the wall behind you in whatever color you want. Now, these aren't the first RGB speakers to exist. I know for a fact that at the very least, Razer has had speakers with chroma lighting in them. I'm sure something before then has also existed. So, yeah. This light sync technology, Logitech already also has mice and keyboards also that sync up with this. So there you go. RGB speakers that light up the wall behind you. And thus there is now even more bait for anyone who just wants colorful lights. Let's now move on to Windows 10. Windows 10 now now having a very interesting uh, little... uh, little thing going on here here's what windows 10's but now i don't even know how to describe this how would you describe this let me just explain what it's doing all right windows 10's builds are basically hitting what's called end of life Alright, they are considered then obsolete the moment a new build comes out. So even if you turn off updates, new major updates are forcefully pushed out.
In fact, what was it? Last this past Wednesday, both of my computers, both my gaming desktop and my streaming laptop, both were forced updated even though my streaming laptop has that off just for the sole purpose that anytime a build comes out, I want to make sure it doesn't affect any of my software. The gaming desktop that happening on is not that big a deal. I can always adjust on that. And if it does brick a game, it's just like, well, I guess I'm just going to go on my PlayStation now. No big. But if on the streaming laptop, if any, if anything's bricked like OBS, latch tools, or anything like that, that's a big deal. That now means, well, now my production's not happening at all. That's not good. Like, at all. This also means that the biggest benefit of getting Windows 10 Professional is gone. Windows Home, you are forced to update. There has been plenty of complaining about that when it first hit. In fact, that was the benefit of getting professional. Just saying, hey, look, I'm a professional user and I want to make sure business continues on as normal until my IT guy get, gives the okay saying, hey, this, this version of Windows is okay, let's update all the computers and then flips the switch and then does it. That benefit's now gone. Straight up. If you do, in fact, now if you do manage to be opt out of all this and somehow manage to avoid receiving updates, you are barred from getting any new security patches. And even better yet, and I've only had three cases of this now, so I'm not sure how many people are experiencing this, but some of these Windows builds are also de-authenticating machines that upgrade from Windows 7. Which means they have to re-input their product key. That two of the three never got. Because they upgraded from Windows 7. The third one actually did write it down when it came up. So yeah, some very sketch behavior coming out of Windows 10 lately. And that's uh that's that's not cool. That 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 should stop. Please. All right, let's let's actually get out of bad news. Let's talk about something good.
Like how Drake broke a, a couple of records by streaming Fortnite with, with a streamer called Ninja. So Fortnite, if you don't know, somehow, is pretty much the new disease spreading like wildfire among the Twitch gaming community and among gaming in general. It's a game just like PUBG, which is a game just like H1Z1, where it's a Hunger Games-style battle royale. 100 people enter a large field, and only one can, can survive. Fortnite instead does kind of cartoony cell shading, is in third person most, if not all of the time, and allows you to deconstruct things and then reconstruct them by using the materials that you collect by deconstructing things. On its face, it's it's a pretty good game, assuming you like the battle royale genre. So, what records did Ninja and Drake actually break? Well, I think, I'm not certain about this, but I'm pretty sure they broke the record for most subscribers in a night at 177,000. Which, by the way, if you do the quick math... Just on how much income that is for for Ninja is just jaw dropping. At just short of, I actually hit my refresh key rip. At just shy of four hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the month. Now, of course, that number will gradually go down more than likely, or it might go up. Who knows? That is still just, to anyone who knows anything about how much money you make streaming, is just mind-shattering. And they got, and that stream got 600,000 concurrent viewers. And this site here from Lad Bible claims that's a Twitch record. I think that's only a Twitch record for non-esports events because later on they do mention that, yeah, um, E-League Major Boston 2018 did get 1.1 million viewers. Still, though, for a non-esports event to bring in that many viewers... is just insane. Literally insane. Most of us streamers would just be happy just getting 1% of that. Ah, well. Let's move on to, to the Apple announcement. That was only announced to exist just yesterday. We're currently recording this on Saturday, March 17th. March 16th, 
Apple has announced that they're going to have an event called Let's Take a Field Trip. Which, surprisingly enough, even though Apple does have this very beautiful, and I do mean beautiful campus that has just finished, that is the most environmentally friendly campus that Apple has ever constructed, that they are so proud of. They are going to be holding this event in Chicago. Hmm. Now, CNET is speculating, that's where I have, that's, that's the article I have up right now, is speculating that new iPads will show up in this announcement. And that's quite possible. This announcement is actually going to be taking place at the Lane Tech College Prep High School in Chicago. So, more than likely, and also on top of the fact that that the invitation says, let's take a field trip, more than likely this is going to be focused on education. Now, Dark Mirror in the chat (laughs) says the comment that I was only going to think about that Apple is going to be holding this event in Chicago so that the visitors for the press conference don't absolutely smash their face into the glass walls. Which, I'm not going to lie, I still find really, really funny. (laughs) I still can't believe they didn't laser etch some sort of warning into the the, uh, glass walls of their campus. That would have seemed very Apple-like. At least just, like, a, like, embedded in, like, Apple logo into it. So they walk down and go, oh, there's an Apple logo. I should not walk into that wall. But no, it's obvious this is going to be focused on education. So, if I had to guess, I think CNET is right. I think we're going to be seeing new iPads. I think there's going to be a big focus on the big 12-inch iPad Pro being used as digital textbooks and an expansion on their digital textbook program that pretty much everyone forgot about. Darkbeard in the chat says, building code says they were supposed to have markings. Yeah, I would have thought so. But, now granted, maybe they do. Maybe in, like, the corner is just, like, caution wall here or something like that. So, the quote-unquote up to code. And that the designer of the campus just like, no. These walls must almost look invisible. We may never know in that regard. All we know right now is that there are hilarious stories out there about Apple employees smashing their face into glass walls, which are only funny three days after it happened. At the moment it happened, and two days after that, you have to go, dude, are you okay? On the third day after that, after we know 
that they didn't end up in the hospital for smashing their face into a glass wall, can we laugh at that? All right, let's start getting to some of the news that actually that was actually just brought to my attention before we even started the po- the podcast, and that being EA finally realizing, you know, maybe we shouldn't make a triple A pay to win game. For those of you who are in in the chat, just a heads up, we are currently recording a podcast, and <laughs> and I I will I will read comments that are relevant to the sto- story, but I'm not going to be able to be as interactive as I would be with a normal stream. All right. In addition, any alerts that go off, I will be re mentioning and replaying. After we are done recording the podcast. With that said, let's move on to Star Wars Battlefront 2. And how they are changing things. Alright? So. Quick recap. And it's going to be a very quick, very broad recap. Alright? So. Star Wars Battlefront 2 comes out. It is very loot box heavy. Alright? And major functions of the game can only be unlocked through... Loot boxes, including characters, including power-ups, and including character progression, as well as cosmetic items, were all locked behind loot boxes, which you could get by progressing the game, but you were limited as to how quickly you could access them. So, like, only the first, and I don't remember the exact number, we're just going to say, like, the first ten battles you have would count towards progressing to unlock loot boxes. After that, it's all just for funsies. Alright? And, rightfully so, EA got slammed for this. For being this blatantly pay-to-win. And that's what it was. It was pay-to-win. Because someone who slams down 500 bucks is going to be a lot stronger than someone who's just like, I just want to buy the game and enjoy it. So, how are they changing things? These changes will come out March 21st. Alright, here's how here's how it's gonna go down. Progression is now linear. Star cards or any other item or any other item impacting gameplay will only be earned through gameplay and will not be available for purchase. Instead, you'll earn experience points for the classes, hero characters, and ships that you choose to play in multiplayer. If you earn enough experience points, you to gain a level for that unit, you'll receive one skill point that can be used to unlock or upgrade the eligible star card you'd like to equip. Makes sense. You'll keep everything you've already earned and unlocked. You'll get to keep all the star cards, heroes, weapons, or anything else you've already earned. What you have earned will still be available to, to use with this update regardless of how, how much or how little progress you've already made. Alright, so those who have already bought into to the pay-to-win scheme will keep what they've got. 
on one hand, I'm kind of against it, but on the other hand, you still have to respect the people who did slam down a ton of money to get what they've got. I mean, first off, if you didn't do this, it'd be hilariously unfair to those who slammed down a ton of money on the game. And then after after they after they finally finished screaming for six hours in pure rage, they then finally sue EA. So it's it's both to it's both to be fair and also to avo- to avoid lawsuits. So as much as I think that's kind of a bad move, there's still definitely more reasons to do it than the one reason I have to not do it. So yeah. I, I get it. I'm still kind of like, I'm still kind of grr about it, but yeah. You have to do it. Crates no longer include star cards and cannot be purchased. This goes along with the first thing I sp- that was mentioned in, in this. That star cards are now only linear progression through experience points. Crates are earned by logging in daily, completing milestones, and, th- and through time challenges. Inside these crates, you'll find credits or cosmetic items such as emotes, victory poses, but nothing that impacts the game. Basically, the microtransaction loot, loot crates now are exactly like Overwatches, which is how it probably should have been in the first place if you're going to include the crate mechanic in the first place. Now, personally, I would rather see less of these crates. Because it's just becoming ridiculous how everything must have loot crates and be basically gambling in in a weird way. Even though by legal definitions it's not gambling, but it it's gambling. It's the same thing as gambling. Free to play play with crates isn't so bad. It's not, but at the same time, by the, this is from Unjust Man in the chat. Free, free to play with crates isn't so bad. It isn't, but at the same time, it's always looming in the background. And it's actually one of the things that really irks me about one of the games I play, which is Hearthstone, is pay-to-win because it uses card packs, which is just like loot boxes. And, yeah. (laughs) It's clear what they're doing, but at the same time, they're trying to be like a trading card game in real life is. Which we're now starting to go down a weird road, which... Yeah. Does that mean that the Pokemon trading card game was gambling? Huh. Anyway, starting in April, you'll you'll get appearances directly through in-game credits and crystals. The first new appearances are coming soon, meaning you'll be able to grab new looks for your heroes and troopers directly by either using credits 
earned in in game or crystals available to pur- purchase in game and th- through first party stores. You, if you've ever dreamed of of being a part of the resistance as a Rodian, your chance is right around the corner. All right, basically. If you just zoned out during that whole thing I just talked about, here's basically here's basically the long and short of it. All right, you play the game, earn experience points, make characters stronger that way. Okay, you can no longer get power ups through loot crates. All right, loot crates instead will only contain cosmetic items, and that's the best way to do it. To be perfectly honest if you're going to have this system which honestly although i was in favor of loot crates early on if they were cosmetic only i've been as times progressed i've been leaning more and more away from thinking loot crates were a good idea it's really starting to make me go so yeah i'm glad to see this is happening all right and so those of you who are star wars battlefront 2 fans good for you guys all right let's move on to another announcement that came out like just yesterday and i don't know what to make of this one i'll be perfectly honest all right so, I am going to read. I'm going to read this announcement verbatim off the source website. This comes from Jackbox Games. All right. At Jackbox, we're constantly looking for ways to bring our games to more people in more places. We get tons of requests from fans asking us to bring our party packs to their platform of choice. Let me interject. They are not kidding. Alright, I follow Jackbox on Twitter pretty regularly, and on top of that, whenever they're streaming on Twitch, I'm pretty, I'm almost always there. And I'm almost always there because, as a Twitch streamer, I do a lot with the Jackbox games. That's how I started off, and I always dedicate at least one day a week to playing Jackbox games. And that's probably the first thing I always see every time they stream. Is this coming to the Switch? Is is this coming to phones? Will I be able to play Quiplash on my phone? What about Google TV? Is, is Fibbage coming to that? It comes up constantly. Alright, the, the announcement continues. Today we're proud to announce that we're making one of the most frequent requests a reality. Jackbox is partnering with Binge Pipe. Just like Jackbox, Binge Pipe is committed to to innovative technology. We've got our phone as controllers. They've got all the amazing stuff they got. Put them together and we hope to make magic. This year, we'll be bringing a very special gaming experience to, to the Binge Pipe platform. We'll have more to announce soon, but we think our fans will really love it. Follow us, follow us here and on and on Twitter and Facebook for more updates. And obviously, you can learn more about BingePipe at BingePipe.com. Well, 
What the heck is a binge pipe? I, before this morning, I have never heard of binge pipe. The website is spelled B-I-N-J-P-I-P-E. This this morning, I am not even exaggerating, is the first time I've ever heard of binge pipe. What are they? Where do they exist? I don't know. So, naturally, and granted, I didn't have a, a lot of time. <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of time. I went to binge pipe to try and find out. I didn't learn anything. You go to their main website and it just says, the streaming service that watches you back. Trust the algorithm. Syncing your... up, oh, then that's gone now. Syncing your TV and phone with your imagination. The ultimate product is you. Why not one more? We keep saying it's good. No, it's not the Elon Musk thing. Please stop asking. None of that told me anything other than... Whatever the heck you are, you are creepy as heck. The streaming service that watches you back? And all of this being just plain white text on pe on random people's foreheads. So I go to the... I go to the FAQ section. Frequently asked question, what is binge pipe? Oh, thank God. The very first question, finally being the one question I had and got no idea what it is, all right? Their answer, we're your one-stop, we're your one-stop, number one source of the most bingeable things in your life. From the shows that you watch to the people you love, the best way to understand binge pipe is to try it. Well, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> you still have told me nothing. Literally nothing. Where does Binge Pipe get its shows? All sorts of places. Well, gee, thanks. <laughs> Some of our programming is, create, is created in-house by Binge Pipe. Some of it we acquire from your favorite content creators. Some of it comes from real people like you. At Binge Pipe, nothing is off limits. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like Zombo.com. Zombo.com, if you don't know, and I'm probably sure the website is gone by now, is a website that its sole purpose in life was just saying Zombo in the in the middle of the screen with random changing circles around it saying, Welcome to Zombo.com. All things are possible at Zombo.com. And just like going over and over again about saying how everything was possible here, but nothing happens. What kind of internet connection do I do I need for, for Binge Pipe? Binge Pipe is available with all, all popular internet providers. Fiber optic solutions, legacy telephone communication structure. We're even available on the International Space Station. Oh, well, thank God for that. Thank God when I'm on the International Space Station, I can go use whatever the heck this is. 
What does Binge Pipe cost? One of the best things about Binge Pipe is that we're constantly changing. That means adding new, great new content to your service and adding new commercials to your content you already love. As part of these updates, pricing for Binge Pipe may occasionally change, but we'll always let you know when these, when these changes well advance. What is this? I still don't know. And now I don't even know how much it costs. I received a cream color envelope with a binge pipe logo, but nothing was inside. What is this? Please contact customer support immediately. Oh my god, what even is this? What even? Should I be worried for Jackbox? Is Jack, is one of my favorite gaming companies just going to very quickly be consumed by what may or may not be the Illuminati and just quickly start producing nothing and just going, you will be one with the binge pipe. Now, I'm going to sign up for this using one of my dummy emails. Just to see what happens. I'll let you know. But I do want to make out... I do want to make out one detail that Aoshar in our chat mentioned. That this looks like one of the default Squarespace web pages. And I think he's right. This actually does look suspicious, like suspiciously close to one of the templates I saw when I made my Squarespace website. I'm gonna have to do more info research on this, but this is very quickly just looking very, very strange. And no one in the chat thinks that this is, like, anything productive. That it just sounds like one giant con-based pyramid scheme. Unjust Banana in the chat also quickly looked up and found out this domain is one month old. So, it's no wonder I've never heard of these guys. They've only existed for four weeks. It will be interesting, though, if the dummy email I just gave them, and by dummy email I mean it is a, it's a real email, but it's one that I infrequently use. I'm sorry, Unjust Man just corrected me. It's five weeks. I need to, I mean, I mean that's a difference of 20%, man. It's a big deal. All right. Let's move on. So, one of the things you guys know is that I do periodic checks. <laughs> Chat's still still focused on this. Maybe I should have made this one. <laughs> Maybe I should have made this story the last verb, the weirdest story of the day. I didn't realize the... I... 
I didn't realize that this was such a rabbit hole. <laughs> that binge pipe was such a rabbit hole. Was... I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Literally two hours before, oh no, not even one hour before the stream started, I saw this. I saw this news in in my feed, and I was just like, oh, I should quickly include that. And I did like a grand total of thirty seconds of research. I've actually done now more research during the podcast than I did before the podcast because I found out about this so soon before the podcast. I didn't even realize how much of a circle nothingness that the binge pipe website even was. By the way, in case you think I'm leaving leaving something out, uh uh-uh, no. The top of the website just says home, which takes you to bingepipe.com, which has those foreheads I was talking about earlier. The the title, Binge Pipe, which there's nothing there. It just takes you back to the home. Blog which just has one entry, one single entry that says BingePripe is proud to announce its 2018 sustainability initiative. We're pledging to use only recycled goods. The website's owned by Jackbox? What? Did I just get pranked? Alright, anyway, back to what the one blog entry says. Binge Pipe is proud to announce a 2018 sustainability initiative where pledging to use only recycled goods and in all of our more than 700 in administration and distribution locations, and go, go completely carbon neutral by 2030. Read more, read more and, and learn how to, how to help here. And the here leads to a page that doesn't exist. It leads to a 404 error. But wait a minute, they're a streaming site. How are you not already carbon neutral? And then the FKQ page, which I already listed off. Alright, Aoshaw in the chat has now given me the Who Is page. Which somehow my... Oh, for crying out loud. Give me that page again. It's easy to trick an Eagle Falcon. It's very easy to trick me when I'm given an announcement hours before I go live, is what this boils down to. All right, let's take a look at this sewage page. Oh, go, go, oh, 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 there we go. All right, the sewage page. Domain name binge.com. Re- All right, it's registered at uh, GoDaddy. Registration name, private. Domain by proxy, LLC. All 
Yeah, I can take this. Yeah, there's nothing here in the Who Is that says it's from Jackbox. That it contained in GoDaniels. It's believed to be a company related to as is. Yeah, there's nothing here saying it's from Jackbox. Yeah, the registration name is just private. In fact, if I just do a quick search for for Jack, nothing's there. So, yeah, there's no evidence that Binge Pipe is owned by by Jackbox. But yeah, sure enough, the registration date is February fifth. And yeah, this was this is done done the 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 domain is from GoDaddy. It's safe to assume that this is all a It's safe to assume this is all from from what's it called? That the, that this is that the website's built on GoDaddy as well. Uh, Unjust is certain he has on another device that it's showing Jackbox. Well, we're looking at the who is and nothing. I gotta go with what I see here. I can't... Anyway, we're getting way too sidetracked on a podcast that's supposed to be one hour. I'm gonna have to do more more details on this because... Everything about this doesn't smell right. Yeah, the humor does seem a lot like Jackbox's, but at that same time, that same sort of sarcasm can be from anyone. Yeah, we got ten minutes left. <laughs> so let's let's continue on. Alright, so, as as people know... I do go through the major computer manufacturers fairly regularly to, to keep tabs on what is on the market so that when people ask me, hey, I'm looking for this and this, what would you recommend? All right, well, it's been a while since I've looked at HP. I'm not going to lie. And the main reason I haven't looked at HP is because their website, the last time I was on it, was horrendous. It really was. The last few times I've been on HP's website, it is an absolute mess to see who it is. All right. We are still on... Ondi has given me a... No, stop, 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 stop. Ondi has given me a copy-paste from... From what looks like an ICANN that says that the registered organization is Jackbox Games. (sighs) 
I still can't go on this unless I act... Because, again, the who is shows nothing. I'm going to have to do... Okay, look. We're drop. We're not... We are no longer talking about binge pipe, all right? We are not talking about binge pipe anymore today. We'll talk more about binge pipe next week. After I've had a week of, of doing, doing some actual investigative journalism here. And looking into what on earth binge pipe even is. Okay? We're done talking about binge pipe. Alright? If it is in fact... BS pushed out by Jackbox. You know, we're going to have to have words about this official announcement from Jackbox. That we're playing April Fool's Day over two weeks ahead of April's Fool's Day. Alright? So. We're going back to HP. (laughs) Alright? So, there's three items from HP I want to talk about. First off is going to be HP's Omen laptop. Alright? They now have two of these suckers. Two different models. Alright? One of them... <laughs> no! Stop talking about bench pipe! <laughs> One of them is the is the normal smaller laptop that we kinda know, alright? The the kind of slightly higher end from the bare basics, sort of thin thin and light, trying to compete with the razor blade. The other one is this big, chunky Alienware competitor that actually looks suspiciously like an Asus ROG laptop and the fact that the rear hinge area is super thick compared to the rest of the laptop. Which, when Asus does it, it still looks weird. Here it looks weird and ripped off. The entire half of the bottom of this laptop is in fact perforated to give more airflow. The rear of this has two huge vent areas. I'm ignoring chat now. Unjust man in the chat said that I heard HP is releasing a binge pipe edition laptop. We're, we're done, chat. We're done professionally. And in fact, this laptop does have a lot of areas on it that are RGB. The X on the back, each length of the X, can be any color you choose. There's a line on the very back of the laptop that also lights up RGB-wise. The entire keyboard's also RPG, RGB. But... There's one thing about this laptop that actually legitimately infuriates me. Control the front line from your fingertips. Press forward into the competition with an arena-ready keyboard setup. Precision design for competitive gameplay. Mechanical keyboard with N key rollover. Inspired by the demands of eSport competitors, mechanical switches deliver the next level responsiveness from a desktop setup. Experience a more tactile feel with 2.5mm travel and activate multiple keys at once with N key rollover. So... That was a word salad. 
This was taken directly from the HP website. I did not mess up a single word in this entire advertisement section. Okay? But you heard it right. They are trying to claim this is a mechanical keyboard. And in fact, they give a nice close-up of this keyboard. And one of the key, and the enter key, in fact, being pressed up so you can see how it's built. That is not a mechanical keyboard. It's not. It absolutely is not. You take one look at this setup, you know it's not mechanical. Now, they do have on the bottom, actual product may vary from image depiction, but then why would you advertise a rubber membrane style keyboard with scissor switches when you actually mean mechanical? This actually ticks me off because, okay, actual product may, may vary from, from image depicted. Then why are you showing inefficient crap? You are trying to advertise the tactile feel of a mechanical keyboard. And I, and I know what I see there. I see the stupid useless, ineffective plastic scissor switches that break all the blasted time with a plastic cap reading down onto a rubber membrane. I know what that feels like. That feels <laughs> like every other keyboard. There is a huge difference between mechanical and what they're showing. Mechanical sounds like this. Alright? This is a mechanical keyboard. In fact, the whole point of mechanical keyboards is the fact that you don't have to press all the way down on the key for the system to recognize it. That it detects you pressing the key before you fully press the key. That is not possible. That is not mechanically possible with what they are showing in the picture. This is false advertising in its finest. And, I, and don't even give me the actual product may vary from image depicted. Because if you're just going to show this, which makes you look this bad, why did you even bother? Just show the keyboard from a top down so that you can't show me this garbage.
You're not even trying. This is also why I said I was going to ignore chat, because now that now we have it's being shown due to their agreement with Binge Pipe that HP site is owned by by Jackbox according to the Who is. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Alright, let let's move on to the professional side of things for HP. Let's go to the article that almost became the last burb story of the day, but it didn't because I found one thing sillier than this. Alright? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ZBook X2. A professional two-in-one workstation class tablet. You heard me right. A workstation class tablet. For those of you who don't know, and my microphone is slowly falling. Give me a second. There we go, fixed. Alright, so what is a workstation? A workstation is the highest end professional computer you can get. Workstations are usually sought after for high-end video editing, for CAD engineering, for medical, medical, I can talk, I swear, for medical imaging. It is literally one of the highest classes of PC that can exist. In fact, some of the highest-end workstations even use two processors. Right now, the absolute highest end workstation can have actually the last time I did this math was actually before the last Intel's the last Intel CPUs launched before before the most recent version of Intel the highest amount of cores you could get in a workstation was 40 using two 20 core Intel Xeons that number more than likely is even higher now Now, mobile workstations are always weaker. Always. Because you just can't get enough. <laughs> can't. You, I, I'm laughing at the chat. I'm sorry. You normally can't get that kind of performance into a laptop. There's no way. Alright? So, normally these things you usually see with like Core i5s, Core i7s, and usually at least quad core. Alright, to have this kind of performance in a tablet, which then also includes your super high-end Fire Pro cards, which are now Radeon Pros, or your NVIDIA Quadro cards, is astonishing. So, what can these things have? The highest-end... Of the HP ZBook X2 you can get is a Core i7-8650 CPU, 32 gigs of RAM, 1 terabyte SSD, an NVIDIA Quadro M620 GPU, that's the equivalent of a GTX 1050, along with stylus and keyboard. Alright, 
from a workstation perspective, that is actually incredibly weak. But for a tablet, it's insane. Yeah, you can actually get quite a lot done with that kind of horsepower in a tablet, no less. And in fact, this tablet does have to have active cooling. There are two fans in this and two long heat pipes that stretch across half the la- half of the tablet. When you actually see this thing, it does have a kickstand on the opposite end of the kickstand are in fact a set of ventilation where it draws in air from the sides and expels it from the top. So yeah, you could hold this tablet right and use it to warm yourself if you really chose to. I mean, it, it's no slouch. Ports on this, we have your charging port, two Thunderbolt ports, which are in USB Type-C form, of course. HDMI out, full size, I might add. USB 3.0, a headphone jack, power jack, your volume rocker, an SD card slot, and, just for security, a fingerprint reader on the side. So, how much could this cost? Alright, well, that spec I mentioned before, that highest-end spec, $3,279. Wow. (laughs) Just, just wow. That's, uh, that's a lot. And by the way, this is not a small tablet either. This is a 14-inch tablet. This is actually bigger than the iPad Pro. However, unlike the iPad Pro, you can actually make a very good argument for this being a professional laptop, a professional tool. However, the item that did end up becoming the last burb story, the weirdest story of the day, I have no justification for its existence. I don't know why this exists. I have thought about it over and over again, and I have no idea why this product exists. The HP ZVR Backpack PC. This is a PC in a backpack. Its sole purpose is to hook up to a VR headset so that you can move around without being connected to cords, be completely wireless, and experience VR. Okay? There was an Omen version of this. Okay? There was an 
they they did release the same product for the gaming line. That made sense. I still said it was silly, but it made sense. How? How can you justify this same product being retooled for the workstation environment? And that's not even the best part. You go further down on this website, and it even shows two people working on a virtual model of a sports car and adding things to the sports car in VR. Um, HP? What engineers are you talking to? Were you talking to the staff of Iron Man? That said, oh yeah, they'd love this. They would love to wear a 30-pound backpack and hooked up to a VR headset so they could go make and design cars in virtual reality instead of, you know, doing it the way that we've always done it for years. Now, it'd be one thing... It would be one thing if... If this was just like, yeah, okay, it's a cool little thing. The thing is, is that... The tagline for this thing is, VR this powerful is no toy. question is, who asked for this? Seriously, what engineer thinks that, oh yeah, yeah, I'd love to design my work using this tool. And that's just the thing. Unjust Man in the chat says that engineers don't make these decisions, they just design it. The thing is, though, is that they are the ones who decide what tools they prefer to use. Now, they don't get a say in whether the firm giving them the tools goes with HP, Dell, or Lenovo. But who would use this? Good good for graphic, graphic design, not engineers, says Dark Beer from the chat. But that's just it. Who would graphic design anything in VR? Who would do this? And keep in mind, it's in backpack form. That means you're limited to the batteries on the backpack. Now granted, this model has two of them. So once one runs dry, you can take off your headset plug out the battery, walk over, put that one in the charger, grab a fresh one, pop it in. I mean, there is that. But why? Now, in its defense, in in this product's defense... There is a dock so you can hook it up to multiple monitors, a keyboard, and a mouse and get some real work done. Okay? There is that. 
That does exist. But why wouldn't you just do that from the get-go? I just... I just have a hard time imagining that this is needed. Now then. The power we have in this. We got a 7th generation Intel Core i7 processor. Doesn't say which one. 320 gigs of memory. 512 gigs of SSD storage. I hope your project doesn't require more than that. Otherwise, you might be a little, uh, a little SOL. NVIDIA Quadro P5200. I unfortunately do not remember off the top of my head what that's the GPU equivalent of. Quadro P5200 is close to the GTX 1070. So, okay. You do have a lot of graphic horsepower on that. The price of this of this machine... $3,699 VR headset not included. In fact, that's just the backpack. So, I mean, if you want the dock so that it's useful or any other features, you've got to purchase that separately. But then again, if you are the IT head of any sort of design firm or engineering firm or whatever that was foolish enough to buy this in the first place, they're probably willing to shell out just that little bit more money so that you can actually make this useful. Oh, my lord. Why? Why does this exist? And and the best part is, the battery's only 55 watt-hours. These batteries aren't going to last long. But at least there is free shipping. That's going to do it for me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week. And if you have any questions, please do email me, eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. Take care. See you next week.
Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash MySavings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on root metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement.